1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to your bonafide favourite pop culture podcast. It's actually, I was going to say a live one. You're still hearing this not live, but it, we actually have Laura and me this week. How it should be every week from now, we've been a little bit haphazard, half, half haphazard. I don't know how to say that. We've
0: been haphazard. We've been haphazard, but we're back, baby.
1: We're back. And the first thing we need to do is tell you that we have a brand new podcast that's launching into this feed. You don't have to go anywhere. It's called Own the Feels. It's all about breakups. Do you remember when I got you all to send in um, your stories about breakups? That was what this was for, and you really pulled through. And it's really funny because Laura is here promoting something that she hasn't even heard.
0: I haven't heard it, but if there's one thing I can do, it's promote learning about breakups. So let's all get out there. <laughs> let's all listen to it. It's a loose, it's you and Liv, right? It's you guys together. It's me
1: and Liv. Bring her back. It's us
0: together. So if you're missing Liv on the pod, she will be here
1: in. Audio form and in spirit, helping us get through some some chaotic breakups. Um, it's fucking good. It's brought to you in partnership with Love Better. It's you just should listen to it. I don't really know what else to say, but it's really good. And oh, I
0: can't wait to listen to it. I'm so excited.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited for it too. Um, Laura, today we are having a bit of a unique episode, but of a different one we're sort of having an open discussion about Ozempic this new this new medication that's meant for diabetes but that has been dubbed this new miracle weight loss drug and how it's nuanced and how it's bad and how it's helpful to some people and our thoughts on it So there's not going to be a naughty or nice per se, but we are going to talk about something new that Laura has brought to the Siska universe. So she's going to tell you about that in a second. But first, Laura, what the hell describes your week?
0: Thank you for asking. Well, this week (laughs) I'm calling it Wild in Every Way, which will be the name of my (laughs) memoir. (laughs) Well, not... (laughs)
1: Sorry, the cringest title of all time, (laughs) Wild
0: in Every Way. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) It it is not going to be, I think the title of my memoir actually would be The Last Millennial because I'm never sure if I'm Gen Z or millennial. And to be honest, (laughs) I I don't want to find out. I don't want to Maybe know. Maybe it's
1: the lost, the lost millennial because that's the energy oh, you my... I will,
0: I will not. I'm never writing a memoir, everyone. If any publishers are listening, <laughs> <laughs> ignore me.
1: <laughs> anyway, so so wild, wild in every way.
0: Wild in every way. So I was away this week filming three music videos in not the wild, but in Newcastle. However, it felt like the wild because we were on remote location and I felt like it was one of those weeks where – you know, you tell like friends and family, oh, I'm away on a shoot. And everyone's like, God, the music industry is so glamorous. And in reality, it's like <laughs> me for 13 hours on a beach and minus four degrees cutting off my leg circulation because I've put on five pairs of thermal leggings. And honestly, it was amazing, but it was so brutal. I felt like I shouldn't be as tired as I was by the end of it. And it was actually very cute as well, though. We ended up, I got the whole team together on one lunchtime and ended up doing everyone's Enneagram type
1: together. Oh, you're honestly, you're nothing if not, like, very predictable, which makes me feel <laughs> very safe with you. Like, the fact that, one, you've got everyone together, I'm assuming around some great Kai, and then you've fucking made them do the Enneagram test. I also have thoughts on what you've just said. Yes. One is that my dad rung me the other day and said... God, I love listening to Laura on the podcast. She must have some high-powered job that, like, she just can't really talk about. (sighs) And I was like, oh, yeah, it's so funny because she breadcrumbs us with her job all the time um, on the podcast. And we just – obviously – The less you know, the better. (laughs) But also, it sounds like you are like some famous musician that's incognito, that's away doing shoots for her songs. Like it sounds like you are. No, this is actually.
0: I actually am Lord. It's me. I'm Lord. No,
1: (laughs) you are London Lord. In fact, (laughs) no, it is the best. And when I tell you, everyone, that. This bitch could have a memoir, and it wouldn't even have to be about oh. her. It would be just about the things she's seen. But, if, like, almost every day, every celebrity I mention, there's, like, Loose, can't share this on the pod, but this happened, and this happened. And I'm like, honestly, Laura, you are the light of my life,
0: I can't. Thank God, this is not like a video because I can see <laughs> no, myself going red no, in the camera. This is, do not put this on the close <laughs> okay, friends. I'm telling you.
1: That reminds me about what describes my week, which is close friends. Um, what I was going to say was, I was going to try and think of something like really smart and witty that was related to the fact that I just dropped my ring in the toilet and had to fish it out with my hands. Oh. But I couldn't. I couldn't think of a metaphor for that. So anyway, back to close friends. Um, I've lost two of them this week. Oh. Well, they are still around, but just not with me, not close. Oh, yeah, um, caveat. Rubes is slaying the game in Sydney. She has a gorgeous new life apartment. Like I went and set her up last week, as you all know, and it was just so fun. She's thriving. I'm really fucking excited for her over there. And then Liv is currently in Bali. She's off on her big Oe, which for everyone that responded to the newsletter asking what the fucking
0: oe was. Oh, that's so interesting. It's,
1: yeah, it's um okay. Well, it's overseas experience, but that's no, like no, no one,
0: one knows. Call. No, no one, one knows what it is no one. It's a
1: cringe. Like it's basically just when you jet off from New Zealand and go and do your travels because New Zealand is just tucked away, and anytime you go anywhere, it's an it's a huge overseas experience. No one ever calls it by its full name.
0: So when you spend a year being wild in every way.
1: Yes. And that's all we can manifest for live. Anyway, maybe it was in reaction to that, but mostly it was just because I wanted to give our supporters a bit more insight into what goes on behind the scenes at Cisco. But we started doing this thing where anyone that um, supports, pays for the newsletter or supports anything we do monetarily, they get access to our shit You Care About Close Friends list, which is just like... Getting more unhinged by the day And it's only been two days It's just fun to like Let the people that you know Are just on your side On your team Into your life a little bit more Especially when like We don't show our faces and stuff So that's been what describes my week, as close friends.
0: And it, what it also does is give you a heart attack when Lucy tags you in something and says, so excited to record, and it's an hour earlier than what you <laughs> thought it was going to be.
1: Yeah, It's Laura, giving PTSD. Laura jumped on. Uh, Laura saw my close friends on Instagram today, and it said, about to record a cute culture vulture ep with at Laura and her username, and the time tag was 7.30. Obviously, we're operating on a really bizarre time schedule right now she's in the UK I'm in New Zealand and so she messaged me holy fuck I thought it was 8 30 like blah, blah 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 and it was we were fine I was just trying to get give the people an early an early preview give the people
0: what they want exactly so if
1: you want to be on that list there'll be more content from me Laura Bow, Dunk Nick Anyone that's involved in the universe, I'm going to force them to give me content for it. Um, we're going to put that in the show notes. You just need to become a paying supporter of shit you should care about and you get this big unhinged behind the scenes. <laughs> it honestly is like close friends and everyone replies being like, holy fuck, this is my favourite thing you've ever done and like, I've only been here for one day. It's very, very cute. So um, we'd love to I have... I think it's some- so cute. We'd love to have more close friends. Right, Laura... You are going to talk to us about something that I'm very excited about. And also, that is kind of in line with today's sort of chat. Oh, yeah. Um, What did you launch this
0: week? I launched, or we launched, possibly. I feel I wrote a little bit about this in the newsletter, but I feel like Shit You Should Care About continues to make all my dreams come true. And I really, I don't know when it's going to (laughs) stop, but I don't know how many more dreams I have. But (laughs) honestly.
1: (laughs) She's already Lord, so what else yeah. can
0: you Come to my tour. Um, well, this week, I'm not. Um, we launched Shit You Should Cook About, the geniusly named Woo! genius. Well,
1: very easily named with our brand. I love that you said it was geniusly named.
0: <laughs> like, I still think it is. I keep telling it to I people. Mean, and maybe that's why actually when I say it to people, they're like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, no, do you get it? Yeah. Because it's shit you should no. care about.
1: <laughs> no, don't you get it? Let me explain this joke and make it like 10 times less cool. No,
0: it's really funny. I don't think you got it. Um, but we have launched show, I'm going to stop. Shit you should cook about, which is essentially a very, very cute space where I am going to be sharing recipes and things that I've cooked and a little bit of the stories behind them. And hopefully you're going to give me things more well, than you loose, but hopefully everyone Meals that you like, and kind of, <laughs> I don't. Can you cook? I actually haven't asked you. Do you like
1: it? I can't, but I, I read, I don't even like it. But when I read, that's why I messaged you, I read Laura's first piece. And as I read it, I was like, I fucking want to make this. It looks so easy. It looks like it's going to make me feel really good. I will say, tomatoes give me heartburn, and this was a very oh. tomato <laughs> heavy oh,
0: day. It was it's literally Sorry. tomato soup. <laughs> no, I <don't. laughs>
1: And I'm like this 25 year old that carries around Gaviscon in your handbag to like, like in case it strikes because it strikes all the time. Like I'm pre gaming champagne with a fucking Gaviscon because it hurts. Bro. This is the funniest thing. <laughs> Gaviscon sponsor us, please. Gaviscon.
0: Us- <laughs> that is the most depressing thing I have ever heard. No, no. Lose every recipe has tomato in it. You're fucked.
1: Yeah, well, if you can do some without tomato or garlic, or I'll just pre-game the meals oh my with some god, okay. antacid. Well,
0: <laughs> I mean, it's a space for tomatoes. It's a space for garlic. But it's also, I mean, to be, I think to what you said it's. I really want it to be inspiring to people who can't cook, which I really want to stress. Like this yes. isn't, you don't have to be able to cook. I was making a soup today and I like could smell something funky. And I was like, that's weird. What is it? And it was my knuckle hair that I'd burned off my fingers because I'd put them too close to the. Gas, and I didn't even know that I had knuckle hair, and now I don't because it's gone.
1: Well, (laughs) I mean, I was gonna say. It's actually kind of a good alternative to waxing if you're really worried about your knuckle here, but also we don't want to be encouraging people to gong burn the ears. We're not.
0: I didn't even know I had it, but my point is like I, and the whole way this thing came about, like I didn't know my way around a kitchen. I never cooked. I like wrote about it in the newsletter, but I would get to 2 p.m. and I'd had several cups of black coffee and nothing else and I was a mess and I was saying that I was too busy to eat breakfast, but I was just really burnt out. And my best friend, Kim, who is gorgeous and speaker of truth in my life, sat me down and was like, things have to change. You've got to start making yourself breakfast. You've got to start looking after yourself. And so very slowly I learned how to cook and I just loved it. I love cooking for people. I realized that like, I don't know, cooking, i I still, to be honest with you, don't find cooking for myself that enjoyable. Like it really helps that I can cook for Rupert because if I'm cooking for one, I get a bit bored. But when I realized that food could be associated with people I love and- there's all, there's all these meals now that I associate with the people I love. Like cooking, sorry, loose, tomato and anchovy pasta at 3am for my friends when we get home. Or cooking lentils with honey for a boy that I had a crush on. And we ate it and then he broke my heart. Like there's a whole <laughs> yes. lot in there. And I feel yeah. like this isn't new. Like people have been doing this forever. Nora Efron's book Heartburn, she writes about like how mashed potatoes heal a oh. broken heart. Do- Dolly Alderton talks about scrambled eggs. Do you love Nora? What was that? I love no, that. it
1: was... Is it called Heartburn? Yeah. No. I have to read the book. I have to read the book. <laughs> I was going to say, that That sounds like the title of my memoir. <laughs> you're,
0: you're a mess. I
1: cannot. No, someone needs to send me this book. Some, one of my close friends.
0: I am done with you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, to so, be—I actually just finished it. Like, I read it every year. It is amazing. It's about her husband cheating on her when she was seven months pregnant. So I'm not sure if it's relatable to your life, but the heartburn part for sure. But so the recipe that I'm sharing to this week—I'm not sure what day it is from the other side of the world—is for focaccia, which is my my best recipe ever, but also my least top secret. Like I—I'm not joking. I get probably. One person in my DMs at least a month asking me for the recipe, which I'm like, how did you find out about this? When did you see it? Yeah. It is the sisterhood of the traveling pants of Fakasha. Anyone can make it. It will fit okay. anyone. It will fit your life. I promise you. And it came to me during the lockdown when I was crashing on my flatmate, whose spoiler is now my husband. And mm-hmm. I, I literally remember the day I was walking past the kitchen. It was golden hour. It was probably like 3 p.m. because we had nothing to do. And golden hour at 3 p.m. probably.
1: Probably, we won't fact check that.
0: We won't fact check it, but he was pulling a loaf of bread from the oven and I was like, what man can make bread from scratch? That is a superpower. And I basically was like, if he can do it, I can. Set out to make focaccia and I take it everywhere. I promise yeah. you, you will love it. So that is going to be in there this week and hopefully many more. I really loved reading all the comments last week from everyone. It was gorgeous.
1: People really, really loved it. And it's because you didn't write it in a way that was like, here's a recipe and here's where I got it from. It was like, this is fucking like easy. Even I can do it. And here's why it means something to me. And here's why it should mean something to you. And also... I'm going to say on this podcast that I'm going to make this for Kasia and and I'm going to put it on the close friends, but I'm also going to report back when I have. You all need to hold me accountable because I hate cooking. I hate it. And so um, this is really going to level me up as a person. And I also do, do want to say, you're probably going to get start getting more than one DM a month, Dahl, about this recipe now that you're putting it out to the world. So you, now you can link them. Now you can just link them oh, to the newsletter. We're going to link
0: it. God, I really hope that it is. it is as easy as I've sold it. All of a sudden, I'm imagining DMs of like...
1: No, Pine all heads. of a sudden you're imagining me trying to make it and realising, okay, well, maybe monkeys will start. can't do this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually good at other stuff. Oh, no, yeah, okay. Oh well,
0: God. you're really good at podcasts, which brings us to which today's topic. To
1: today's <laughs> topic, which is all about Ozempic or this new quote, 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 quote big quotes, miracle weight loss drug that... All the celebrities are taking, well, not all of them. Actually, one of the big problems is we don't know who is Mm. and and who isn't. Um. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
1: I do just want to give a bit of a content warning before we get into this part of the chat. I don't know how deep we're going to go. It's quite an open conversation, but there will be talks of eating and Disordered eating and sort of things that can be quite uncomfortable to talk about if you're not at a certain stage at, with your relationship with food. So, if um, this isn't going to be a chat that you want to listen to, you feel ready to listen to, that's so fine. Um, you can go and re-watch TikToks of Taylor Swift's Eras Tour because that was something I was meant to talk about earlier in the show, and I haven't, and I'm not going to anymore. So just go and watch. Spoiler
0: about it. <laughs>
1: Anyway, I also, not to fucking push a whole lot of caveats into this at the start, but I wrote a piece about this, and for the most part, in the newsletter, in our safe space community, like, love you all to death, it was taken so graciously, and everyone was gorgeous. On Instagram, such as life, things were far less nice, Um, and so I just feel like I should note that, yes, this is an incredibly, incredibly nuanced topic Right now, Laura and I are talking based on facts, but we're talking from our own perspectives, right? So Mm. this is, if we don't cover every single experience, that I am sorry that we can't do that, but um, that is impossible. And just, I think just when people are graceful with how they interpret things and looking at where they're coming from, it's just always nice. Again, we're not healthcare experts, so don't take anything we're saying as like how you should live your life, but um, just thought we should get a few things out there because, you know, inevitably some people will not agree with what we're saying and that's also okay.
0: Liz, I do think that, I mean, I sent it to you right after you posted it, but I think what you shared particularly about yourself was amazing and I think like, I don't feel like we're ever that sincere. Or maybe we should be, I don't know. But I feel like sincere, it feels weird to be sincere, but I it was amazing and it, it I'm being honest on Mike. But it was it was amazing and I feel like particularly as well because I don't while you are so open and you share about so many things, I feel like sharing personally in that way was something that was maybe new to you on this platform.
1: Yeah, and something something that I'm super comfortable to do because of our audience, especially the newsletter yeah. one. But then when I had you know publications reach out wanting to republish it or whatever i actually was like no like this is for my yeah. people and if and if people want to read it they can come to the space that the context makes sense uh, but it, it's obviously nothing we do is ever for like huge virality or like to be fucking sheared far and wide and get into the wrong hands it just made me feel really grateful for what we have mm. and like not yearn for more like it's just nice to have it within what we built and also like it was you're right it was different but it was really fun and therapeutic to write like I'm gonna link it in the show notes um because it's quite deep and I feel like reading it reading it out on here would just be it would be like a fucking therapy session recorded but um definitely go and read it if you want to know what Laura and I are talking about but Laura before um reading this I'm assuming you had heard of Ozempic.
0: well I had I had heard of it, but I didn't know that I'd heard of it. So I didn't know it by name, but I'd started seeing, I mean, to be honest, I feel very late to the party. Like I'd only started seeing headlines this year, which I think are probably also the headlines that a lot of people are upset about because sometimes they can be quite inflammatory and, you know, clickbaity. And I didn't know what it was about, but I'd seen a lot of things with like life after food and like these kind of titles flying about, but it was only when we were talking about it last week, I kind of put two and two together. So I think particularly as well, Again, it's like living living in different places, but I feel like it sounds like, I don't know, America, this has been around for a while now, creating headlines. And yeah. I, I like read a bit this week about Australia and New Zealand and how this has actually been causing shortages there for the drugs that are approved there for a little while now, but I hadn't heard much in the UK at all, which is very interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's that's the same. I have read about Australia, New Zealand, and the States. But well, I actually hadn't read too much about the UK either. But I'm going to give you a quick rundown about what this drug or it and its counterparts are and then how I found out about it, which I did write about, but I just thought it was buzzy. So for those of you that maybe haven't heard of it, um, Ozempic or its counterparts, were Govi and Munjaro and honestly probably a bunch of others at this point, um, is a drug that you can inject into yourself weekly. And it's been approved to help people with type 2 diabetes and for people with a body mass index, a BMI, we could do a whole episode on why BMIs mm-hmm. aren't the best at measuring Definitely. some things. Um, but people with a BMI that's in the obese range or just under that range but with health-related issues um, involved so it's been approved in America by the FDA for those three reasons not just for um, perhaps a celebrity that just wants to tone down for a red carpet or something like that for example so for diabetics it lowers blood sugar levels and is a really necessary drug in maintaining their livelihood that's for type 2 diabetes like I said before but a feature And I stress not the purpose of this drug um, is that it slows down gastric emptying. So like the emptying of your gut, which in turn suppresses your appetite, means that obviously you're not thinking about food, you're not hungry, you're not reaching for food. And just a few things I wanted to point out before we sort of got into the society side of this, which we certainly will, um, is that Ozempic and drugs like this, doctors call them lifelong medications and this is why I had a lot of people coming to me about the piece that I wrote saying it's not a lifelong medication if you're not a type 2 diabetic and etc etc and it's not but if you go off it you will then have to deal with the mental load and the physical hurt that comes with regaining the weight when your appetite is back to normal and so that's why it is you know, doctors are saying it's you stay on, if you want the effects of it, then you stay on it for life. And to be very clear, I actually think um, this is where the nuance comes in and like quite a lot. I do think that it is really amazing to have break, breakthroughs like this so that. Everyone in the world can feel like they can fit into seats on public transport or in theatres or just be accepted as a normal person and go to the doctor and not have them put everything down to your weight. Like I do think things like this can help a fuckload of people and so it's not like a net bad. I'm just um, aware that there hasn't actually been testing on the long-term effects of people using this that don't fall under those categories that I just spoke about, type 2 diabetics or people with those weight-related issues. And so the fact that it's a lifelong medication, that now guidelines have been changed um, for treating childhood obesity to say that kids as young as 12 can be on it. I'm like, so you're as young as 12, it's a lifelong medication, so perhaps you won't then learn you know all the great things about food and and the nutrients and what being on a balanced diet is like or you know you're also then a lifelong customer of this of this drug it's an expensive drug and so you know someone is profiting off the back of um you needing to be on this for life and people pushing it to you and doctors offices and things like that um on average it does cost USD at the moment, about a thousand to twelve hundred a month, if you're getting like the proper brand of it. So, only again, it's going to cause like this only certain people in like the upper echelon will be able to look the way that is deemed like in. So, there's just like a lot of things to note and to think about that I wanted to get out of the way at the beginning of this podcast.
0: I think everything you've said is really interesting. And I feel like I linked this a couple of days ago, but I read um, the New York article by Gio Tolentino on this. And I feel like there's a quote that, I just feel like sums up what you just said. It's possible to imagine a different universe in which the discovery of semaglutide was an unalloyed good, a powerful tool to untangle the knot of genetic tendencies, environmental forces and behaviors that conspire to make more and more Americans gain weight. We might recognize metabolism and appetite as biological factors rather than moral choices. Rising rates of type 2 diabetes and obesity around the globe could be reversed. In the actual universe that we inhabit, the people who need semaglutide often struggle to get it, and its arrival seems to have prompted less a public consideration what it means to be fat than a renewed fixation on being thin. And I feel like that really got me in that, of course, there are benefits of this, and I felt like the benefits around it for diabetics, I mean, are unparalleled, like... I was reading one article about a man in New Zealand who's been diabetic since the 1990s and he got put on the medication this year and it's literally changed his life. Like I think in this, there's so many good uses for this, but I think what we, what I'm really interested in discussing today is kind of like how it's making us perceive the world and particularly is it challenging fatphobic things that, like you said, doctors have and like the way that people are treated.
1: Yeah, and I think... So just um, for reference, the way that I found out about this was speaking to a woman um, about six months ago and I hadn't heard of this drug. And and I saw her and I sort of knew her and she was quite drunk and we were at a party or whatever. Um, She's in her 40s and she definitely doesn't fit the criteria that I mentioned before for this um, drug being approved for her. And anyway, she said to me, she said, yeah, I'm on this new um injection for weight loss and the other day I had to ring my brother because like my heart was just beating out of my chest and I started freaking out that I was having a heart attack and my brother's a doctor and he said like you're you're having an anxiety attack. You're not having a heart attack. And so I I was like what the fuck is this drug that's like self-inducing anxiety, making people think they have heart attacks? And I didn't even ask her if she was still on it. I just assumed like surely fucking not and then and then I saw this like six months after just pop up like a lot of celebrities were talking about um either they used it not very often said that or that there was ozempic parties and and all their anti-aging doctors were getting it for them or all their friends were using it or everyone in LA was using it and I just remember thinking like holy fuck this is just another like this is just another thing we went through the like getting fillers and then no one telling us that they got fillers and us being like well why don't we look like that or then getting buccal or buccal buccal fat removed and then being like well why don't I look like that and then Kylie Jenner not telling us about getting lip injections and us being like well why are my lips so small like just there was no transparency and then I just I just feel like once again Like, the lack of transparency thing. I feel like I've jumped through, like, seven different points in here. But that's what, not to get all morally panicky, but that's what feels like quite worrying about this particular drug.
0: Well, that's what really, that section of what you wrote really got me. Because I don't think, when you line it up like that and see, like, the errors, like, that we have lived through, and I, lining them up side by side, I didn't even realise, but, like, like, do you remember the thigh gap era? Oh, my like, God.
1: It was, like, Tumblr, Thinspiration, thigh gaps, like, body positivity, body skinny, neutrality. Skinny tea. Yeah, skinny Like, tea. that
0: awful skinny tea that made people shit themselves, like.
1: Waist trainers, like, just, yeah. And and then and then there was that real, like, Fitspiration and green smoothie and apple cider vinegar and then BBLs and then BBLs being removed and all of this I wrote about in the – In the piece, and I didn't even list like everything we'd been through, but I was just like, particularly for women, you just feel like you can never ever win. And I actually said this to a friend the other day, and Liv and I spoke about it on the podcast once. It's like, it feels like with things like aging and existing in your body without getting anything done, sometimes can feel like you're just living in defiance. Like you're just living, and it's almost like an act of defiance that you're not altering yourself to fit a standard and it's just exhausting for everyone everyone involved like whether you are getting these things done because you feel like you have to keep up that's exhausting for you too I mean obviously for health reasons if we're talking about Ozempic right now it's life changing for some people but if we're talking about the eras that we've lived through it's just I mean, it's not even a hot take. When body types are in and body types are out, it's just fucked for the world. Like there shouldn't really be body trends. It's not helpful to say there shouldn't be because there just is. Um, but it just, yeah, it just doesn't help when, and this is kind of another point I wanted to get to, when like doctors in places like LA are, you know, they know that people are going to want this. So that's sort of... You know, shimmying around some rules and making sure that their customers can get it before the next red carpet, et cetera, et cetera. But I read and I actually put a quote in here from a really good article from The Cut about how one woman gets this medication to get hers, Alison calls up an ally based provider she has never seen or met, sends over $625 and has shipped a monthly supply. What she calls Ozempic is not the brand name product pre-packaged in a sky blue injector pen by Novo Nordisk, the Danish pharmaceutical company that makes and markets the drug. She receives generic semaglutide, the active ingredient in the medication, and has to mix and prepare it for injection herself, which since semaglutide is under patent by Novo Nordisk until 2032 in the US, suggests that her medications are likely coming from a compounding pharmacy or a vendor selling research-grade ingredients. The lower price is also a tell. Ozempic retails for about, like I said before, $1,000 a month. And if your insurance doesn't cover it, and she was getting it cheaper because it was sort of an off-brand version, that you have to mix yourself and that doctors can obviously prescribe to get around... The rules, and it's just, I mean, safety-wise, I wouldn't fucking trust myself. I'm sure it's safe. Well, I can't be sure, actually. I'm not sure it's safe, but I wouldn't trust myself. Oh I barely my. even trust myself to do a COVID fucking test, <laughs> you know, to do that correctly. The thought of injecting myself with an off-brand version of Ozempic because society's telling me I need to be skinny is, like, very terrifying, to me.
0: I mean, what's really stuck out for me this week and reading about it is the global shortage side of things, which I think as well as like another whole yes. part that really needs to be discussed. I mean, again, like looking at this is more looking at, I think, Australia and New Zealand, but New Zealand's version is trulicity, I think.
1: And I think Ozempic got approved today. Like, well, just read that it got approved today. Anyway, carry on.
0: Yes. So they, so New Zealand had a shortage of trulicities, which meant that their diabetic patients, this obviously posed a risk for, I think it's 14,000 people in New Zealand take this. And so for those 14,000 people, the medication had been totally life-changing and they were sourcing an alternative drug to, due to the global shortage but, and this was last year, so I don't know if this is still the case now or which drug has ended up being funded, but this said it was an inferior to dulaglutide. The specialist said the new drug has to be injected daily as opposed to dulaglutide, which can be injected once a week. And so it's providing a really different experience for the people who really need to use it. And I've read a bit on the shortages. I mean, one report by RNZ who interviewed a doctor said that the global demand for the drugs as a weight loss aid had grown markedly and shortages experienced by diabetics in New Zealand were also being felt in Australia. However, The Guardian reported um, interviewing a professor of public health nutrition and said it's a little misleading to attribute supply issues solely to the demand for this drug by those seeking weight loss. And I think that's been some of the pushback I've seen online is that people are saying it's not causing a shortage, which... I don't know how you figure that out. I don't know how you know what is causing suddenly a large uptake in people taking this drug or this group of drugs.
1: And I also think it's it's interesting. um, I read, I think, yesterday that the US is now, like, back in stock, which feels like a really weird way to describe a medication, um, and that a lot of people had just said... You know, I put it down to this happens all the time. Soon um, the suppliers and the pharmaceutical companies will catch up to the demand they're seeing. And I was just sort of like, yes, they will catch up to the demand they're seeing, which means that more and more of us will be using it and they'll be making, not to be a total cynic, but I kind of am here. Like they'll just be making so much money. Like they want there to be shortages, you know, supply and demand. You want people to want your fucking product. And I mean, obviously they, I hope, want the people that need this for diabetes or for their weight-related issues, um, that it's been approved for. I would hope that they are like, we want it for them first. But in the back of my mind, you're just like, you know that they just want as many people to buy it and use it probably as possible, And they will meet those demands and – then maybe it will get cheaper and then more people will be using it. And I just wonder what's to come. And I mean,
0: yeah. I was seeing that earlier this year the Therapeutic Goods Administration or the TGA was actually investigating the unlawful advertising of Ozempic in Australia. And they were trying to work with, like, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Amazon and try, like, investigate essentially the circulation of videos specifically from influencers and promoters that are promoting it as a weight loss treatment to perhaps people who don't need it and I think that says a lot you know
1: yeah I just it's sort of like anything new that pops up and goes viral like obviously these um governments or whoever has to fucking get involved you can't predict what's going to go viral but it like regulation always comes so far too late that. Like I don't even – I mean that's actually good that they're looking into it but it's it's just like
0: it's been happening – I did have a conversation with my friend who's a dietitian and what I found really interesting is that she hadn't heard of it but she said she'd be cautious of anything that is a magic bullet approach. Yes. <laughs> like and what I found really interesting and I think this is a much broader conversation is and particularly I think if you're talking around weight loss she said that through her work as a dietitian she actually moved further and further away from like you said BMIs and actually even the view of weight loss like I'm doing quotation marks as a whole and she actually just found it was far less psychologically informed than a lot of other approaches. And she was like, it's such a complex, such a complex topic. And when we package up as weight loss, we ignore every other thing that surrounds that. And so she said that she had actually moved into this field called Haze or health at every size. And I read today their um, size diversity health definition. And I I just loved it. And I'm going to read it out. It says health exists on a continuum that varies with time and circumstance for each individual health should be conceived as a resource or capacity available to all, regardless of health condition or ability level and not as an outcome or objective of living pursuing health is neither a moral imperative nor an individual obligation and health status should never be used to judge, oppress or determine the value of an individual. And basically it just, I'm going to link it in the show notes because it really was quite amazing to me, but it really delves into like, how a societal norms prioritizes and normalizes slender and thin bodies and like the fat phobia that people folk like are uh, objected to and It's really, really interesting. And it just talks about how a thin centric healthcare system essentially causes harm. And that is what we have right now. And like when you're faced with doctors who are, you know, I mean, in the New Yorker article, Gia Tolentino talks about this again. She says that doctors frequently misdiagnose under treat, or shame fat people who then accumulate reasons to distrust medical care. And so I do feel like there's so many things wrapped up in this issue that need to be talked about. And that's why I think it is really important that we're talking about it today and while it is a very nuanced thing, I think it's important to discuss. I
1: think so too, and I think it's very telling that a dietitian said they hadn't heard of it because they are the people that know everything about having a healthy relationship with weight and managing it. And if they don't if they don't even know enough about this to recommend it or to see it as a as a thing that they should be telling their patients to use, then you know it's these it's these doctors that definitely don't specialise in this, or maybe some of them do, that are that are you know pushing it on people, not not the dietitians who actually know what's up. So that's actually fucking interesting, and I love that definition. What is it?
0: Haze? It's Haze. I'm going to link it in the show notes because there was a lot in there, but it really, and it kind of talks about when we focus on weight loss, what we leave people with. And so one study showed that fat women who intentionally lost at least 15% of their body weight were over two times higher risk of death compared to fat women who maintained a stable rate. It talks about, I think what you've discussed as well with Mm. like how, you know, calling Ozempic a lifelong medication. It's that once you stop it, the weight, I mean, we don't. Yeah. I I don't know what happens when you stop it, but I'm assuming people are incinerating the weight goes back on, or you're left with risks yeah. that you weren't quite yeah. sure about. And so, whenever you take any medication, you weigh it. The doctors weigh it up, right? They go, "What is the risk of you taking this against the risk of you not taking it?" And for someone who's diabetic or for someone who's obese, it sounds like this can be really life changing. But yeah, if someone's taking this for kind of what you've discussed and not the reasons it's maybe intended, then maybe those risks won't outweigh the benefits.
1: Yeah, and then like again not blaming this solely on the doctors because it's also, you know, if you're in a friend group in New York City or whatever and everyone's on this thing and everyone's dropping the weight and everyone's complimenting each other and and the whole internet's talking about it, then it's it's it almost feels like it's not even your decision anymore. It's again, it's that defiance thing. It's like for you to be the one in that group that's like, "No, I'm going to just age and be who I am and, you know, look how I look." And do what I do and all these people are trying to look younger or thinner or more less wrinkly or whatever it is just like a shame that you have to make that fucking decision like it's it's just I mean as a society like me being like we must do better but I feel like yeah it's there's so many things that impact this that isn't just oh well, yeah doctors are just prescribing this willy-nilly it's like well yes and no yeah it's us feeling like we also need it like and for what there'll be something new next year that we'll be in and then we'll be coming on this podcast and trying to make sense of that Mm. in a world that doesn't really want us to as well so definitely
0: and I think it would be really interesting to redo this in a year's time but I also think what you said at the start like we have our own experiences we cannot sum sum up anyone else's experiences and so i think it would be amazing to talk to people who are willing to chat who have taken this for like whatever reason they are on it and i think kind of discuss their experiences as well because i think that would be really fascinating but also to see in a year's time if this is like botox you know
1: yeah whether it sticks around or whether it was a
0: flash in the pan
1: and we will follow this up. I don't, I don't think it's going away. Um, and so I'm actually quite... It's nice to feel, like, passionate about something that we can at least in our small part of the universe talk about and help people come to terms with or just learn about it a bit more. But for now, Laura, I want to know what's on your radar.
0: Well, what's on my radar this week? I, despite my week in the wilderness... I still managed to watch a hell of a lot of television, which <laughs> I haven't okay. done in so long, and I feel like I caught up on everything. So I watched the new Ted Lasso, which is as heartening as ever.
1: <gasps> Have you watched it? Wait, is there only one episode out? Yeah, there's only one. Yeah, yeah, I've watched it. I watched it. I was like, oh, my God, is there more, and I haven't seen it yet? Yeah, I've been wa- I love it.
0: I'm so sad about Roy and Kelly. No, it's Spoiler. Same.
1: Who cares? There's only one episode. And you could sort of tell from the end of last season.
0: No. You knew. Oh.
1: I know. I'm so sad. I kind of have faith in that um, rekindling.
0: Okay, well, stay tuned. Stay tuned. I watched that. I also finally finished Daisy Jones and the Six, the book, after watching the TV series first. And I can confirm you should definitely read the book first because I feel like I ruined my reading experience
1: yeah you're like, why am I reading this? I know it's coming next <laughs> uh,
0: but it was it was interesting <laughs> to see where it changed but yeah I have I yes. definitely definitely read the book first if you haven't um, always book first yeah made a huge mistake there and then finally we've already talked about it but Nora Efron's heartburn I read it this week um sponsor us Gavicon yeah <laughs> um if you haven't read it, I really 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 recommend okay so Luce, what was on your radar Well,
1: I, now it's um heartburn by. Not the because I get that enough, but Harper uh, by Nora Ephron. Um, I am, like, deeply, deeply, deeply obsessed with Married at First Sight Australia, which is bizarre because I always boycotted the show. I was like, fuck that, it's not for me, seems cringe, seems dumb. Then Duncan, who you all know and love, and we're probably going to talk about this next week on The Shit Show, he basically took me out for coffee and, and just only talked about this show and said there are a few people in life that need to watch it and you are one of them because I want to talk about it with you. It's like Love Island, but imagine it's still unhinged and still, like, unsanitized and it's just great TV. So can't recommend that enough. It's all I want to do at the moment. Um, watch that. And then tonight I'm going to see the Louis Tomlinson documentary, All of Those Voices, and I was a Louis girl when One Direction were the apple of my eye and still have a soft spot for him particularly as he's sort of lost his sister and lost his mum and like had a I don't know he's just had some hard things happen to him since um the end of that boy band and so I'm really excited to go and see that tonight um and that's
0: can we just talk about the bomb that you've dropped that you're I what when you're a Harry girl I haven't I don't I'm speechless
1: oh I know. I was like in the One Direction era. I was a Louis girl because he was just funny. I just felt like he was the glue to the band a little bit. I didn't love him for his singing, obviously, or like his (laughs) stage presence. But
0: like Sam's reaction. (laughs) No, I know. Well, I'm gonna Sam's losing his mind. (laughs) No.
1: Producer Sam is lolling over here. But he does, have a, he does have a really good version on YouTube of the Frey song Look After You, which his vocals really shine. Also, um, Moments, that's another one, his vocals shine. Anyway, I just thought he was fucking funny, and for some reason I just really loved him. And then Ruby loved Harry, and then as soon as I grew up, as soon as I was of age, it was like, Harry Styles, you're my
0: man. Was Ruby still allowed Harry, or did she have to swap to Louis?
1: Um, she's not allowed any of them now. They're all mine. No. All right, yeah. no she's a Harry girl. Oh, did she have to swap to Louis? And all I can say is thank God neither of us were Liam girls. Bless his soul. But oh,
0: anyway. Awesome.
1: anyway, team, Um, if you want more of all of this chaos, one, come and subscribe to the newsletter and you can see shit you should cook about and you can read my piece on Ozempic. And two... Come and be a close friend. Um, that's for all our paying supporters. We can link that in the show notes. Also, we've got some good shit that Laura is going to link in the show notes too. It's just, it's been a it's been a good week of content and a good week on the mic with
0: you, Laura. Always a joy. Can't wait for next week. What are we discussing next week? Should we tease it?
1: Who the fuck knows? Honestly. <laughs> oh, but you got to go listen to Own the Feels. That comes out next week and it's really cool and good. Um, and you're going to get your usual culture vulture, which we can't tell you what it is because we want to be topical. It's a secret. Um, Thank you, Producer Sam, for your live reactions to all of this. Thank you, Laura, and we shall see you all next week.